and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles, the quarantine editions. I'm very excited to have on the show with me, Aaron Lonick from Isilik and Make Alias, and also Plague of Stars and Chalice of Suffering. Yeah. Aaron, welcome to the show. Hey, Jason. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's great to get to get a chance to talk to you on the air. I've had, uh, had your bandmates from Plague of Stars on the show a couple of times, and uh, so it's fun to get a chance to, to talk to you in a little bit more detail. Um, maybe give us a little background on yourself. Uh, talk about how long you've been playing music, how you got your start, that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah. I, I've been uh, doing this since I was a teenager. I uh, started out in my parents' garage uh, with some friends from high school and then gradually moved on to like a my first real band was like a cover band playing Metallica and Danzig and Typo nice. Negative and whatnot. And then like right around I was like 16 or 17, I started my first actual original band um so i was really young we wrote like it was very nine inch nails marilyn manson industrial infused metal i guess and uh for for being from a very small town of like 300 like we were doing something way ahead of our time so i've been and then through the years you know i gradually you know went on and formed different bands and you know um it's it's all been pretty much original music that I've been writing, you know, since I was in my teens and releasing albums and I've played in a couple cover bands. You know, I grew up, my dad was in a band my entire life and he still is to this day, you know, so I've watched that whole thing growing up as a child. Like, you know, that was the life we lived. He was playing every weekend and Hmm. surrounded by music constantly. You know, they, they practiced at our house and we had musical instruments and, it was awesome. It was a really great time going, growing up as a kid, um, watching my dad do it and then eventually yeah. me getting to do it. And so, yeah, you know, throughout the years, I've just been, you know, moving forward, releasing album, writing music with so many people and experiencing so much. If there's anything that, uh, music has brought me, it's certainly not money, <laughs> but a boatload of experience and great times and connections and friends that, you know, have changed my life. So yeah, what a, what an amazing experience to grow up in a, in a household filled with that much, that much music that must've been, I mean, you must've gotten the bug pretty early as a kid. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. My, like, um, when my dad first started his, his band, um, uh, you know, I was like in kindergarten and, uh, you know, they'd set up and play. And, you know, during the day when dad would be at work, everybody was gone. I'd go down and sneak in the basement and start playing. You know, I, I knew how to play drums at that age, you know, so I'd go wow. down there and play and pretend like I was in the gig and pretend to tear down the drum set. Like, yeah. So it was just, it was a very magical time to be surrounded by it, you know, and that's, I knew right away, just watching my dad, I'm like, yep, I'm, this is, there's no question this is going to happen. That's, life, that's so. really fun. And as you started getting into heavy music, what, uh, uh, obviously your dad was a major influence on, on your musical interests. What, who were some of your earliest, uh, drummer influences from the, from the heavy music scene? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say, um, I was really into Queensryche, you know, um, at an early age and, mm-hmm. you know, my dad played a lot of the eighties and stuff like that. So I was really into Def Leppard. I love Def Leppard, uh, Poison, Motley Crue, all those bands, you know, Led Zeppelin. And so I was surrounded by all that stuff already. Yeah. And then I heard Queensryche and I was like, wow, these guys are something else, you know, mm-hmm. and really was on those guys for a while. And then all of a sudden Metallica happened to me that came into my life. And that really, that took me down the rabbit hole. That was the start of the rabbit hole of getting into extreme metal, death metal. And then psh, that was it. So yeah. <laughs> so I'd say, uh, I'd say Queensryche and then Metallica was really pushed me like you know into heavier playing yeah so to speak it's it's really an interesting uh combination because you know Queensryche is known for very technical progressive music at least yep. for that time and mm-hmm. and Lars from Metallica sort of has this impression of being kind of a behind the beat you know very straight ahead sort of drummer it's an interesting yep. uh interesting combination what what did you take from those guys 
Um, well, yeah, like like Scott Rockenfield, the drummer from Queensrÿche. You know, like you said, you're they're they're a very polished, um, you know, well thought out progressive band. You know, and uh, they have long songs and lots of different layering and time signature changes and whatnot. Um, so just listening to his pockets and his different syncopations and that kind of thing, and plus he had this massive kit where, you know, the cymbals would hang from like a a rack like 10 feet up in the air so that was cool yeah but uh and then lars like like you said i mean on like the later stuff black album and everything past that he was more of a simplistic drummer but man like and justice for all and master of puppets and i mean the dude wrote sick i played when i was 16 uh, my routine was to play through the entire master of puppets album front to back in my bedroom like every day yeah to get in it was no joke man i'd leave my bedroom just covered in sweat and like just <laughs> I beat, bet. you know <laughs> and that's that's by far their their best album in my opinion i mean people yep. people like a number of different records from metallica over the years but to me uh the master of puppets is absolutely their their pinnacle yep abs i agree 100 percent. hands down my favorite album so yeah yeah well, that's that's fun i mean it's, especially thinking about how inspired that made you to go in and play and just practice because i'm sure that level of repetition that age really gave you a lot of skills and capabilities that you can bring to your music today uh, absolutely yeah that's where my work ethic really started when i was 16 and i really started just focusing on like okay i gotta learn these songs and i gotta really you know become a better drummer on every level. So like that was the beginning of, you know, pushing my, you know, abilities to be a better drummer, musician, all that. And then, you know, not even a year later, I'm in a band where we're writing music. And I mean, it's, it's, it's very intense and a different, a whole different ball game when you write your own music, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did you ever get to play with your dad's band? I have. Yes. Nice. Uh, a couple like his his latest band they're called hair metal radio and uh they put on a big production it's like they're like a miniature version of uh, hairball essentially fun yeah, they get yeah they get dressed up their production is just amazing and i've got to fill in for a couple gigs and uh it's just playing with my dad is like there's nothing that tops it there really isn't because the guy is just you know he electrifies a crowd like i you know, like nobody i've ever seen you know and that's so really fun yeah indeed <laughs> Well, and you've been busy putting out new music of your own. You've got a couple of different uh, projects uh, that are uh, releasing new music right now. And I'm really curious to dive into both um, yeah. because they're very different projects. Uh -huh. uh, so maybe let's, <laughs> let me, let's start with uh, Usilic and, uh, and talk about um, the music that's coming out um, right now, in fact, from the band, yeah. but, but give us a little of the uh, origin story from, for the band. Sure. Yeah. So um paul and i's former band uh, we are legion we uh disbanded uh in 2000 late 2016 and i was going through i was going through a divorce at the time and like we just you know, things were kind of falling apart and i decided to take like a hiatus from music for like a year that was my plan at least mm -hmm. it lasted like three months and i went and bought a drum set i couldn't i'm like i can't like this is this is impossible this just doesn't work <laughs> so i bought a drum kit and you know i started playing again when it got warmer out, set up my drums in my garage and I'm like, all right, I got to keep it up at least, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. so I'm like, okay, Paul and I talked a few times after we broke up and we, Paul and I are friends, mm -hmm. you know? So um, we just kept in touch, you know, regardless. And we we're like, ah, we should jam. Like we should just do it, you know? Cause he had been writing a few songs for what would have been the new Legion album. And we kind of, we got together like a year after, in 2018 so uh we took a couple of those songs and started that we were, wrote with legion and started reworking them and jamming on them and we in the rehearsal space that we were playing at um there's another band there called andrasi's rage um and that's where we found our bassist greg so we kind of we we both jammed there we knew of each other and stuff like that. We'd say hi and talk every once in a while. Sure. You know? and we always, we were just, whenever he would be playing, we were just like, wow, that guy is just a beast, man. Like massive pedal board. He makes all these crazy sounds and he's just, he can shred and like do all these crazy counterpoints. So we kind of talked to him a little bit like, Hey, would you mind just coming to jam with us? We just, 
we actually just want to get together and write a song and that's it. That was the first plan was just to get together and write a song. And mm. that was it. And after the first jam with us three, we kind of looked at each other and went, I think we just formed a band because it went so well. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. It's obviously some serious chemistry from the very beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. Paul and I always had chemistry because he writes very differently and I'm a, I'm a very different type of drummer you know i'm not i can play like death metal and stuff but i don't think i'm really that great at it you know but i, I do a lot of like t- odd time signatures and weird mm-hmm. different beats you know and paul does a lot of that stuff so when greg he was the same way very counterpointy and using odd notes that displace the guitar so we had us three we started writing some music and we're like gosh i guess you know we should probably find a vocalist that might be a good idea <laughs> and uh <laughs> So a couple months later, um, I was talking to Chester, the vocalist now. He and I were in a band called In Hope to Die together with Plague of Star guitarist Will. Will and I have a long history together, very long history. Um, and so after that band broke up, Chester and I always just kept in touch. You know, he's, I always thought he's a great kid, very creative, very nice, sweet kid. And uh, we, we were talking. He's like, you going to the protest, the hero show? on this i'm like yeah i'm going so we'll meet up and talk right so get to the show and we're talking and i start telling him about the band and like yeah we kind of need a vocalist and i just stop and do the whole look at him like dude you would you want to come try out for our band like it was immediate like this is the guy like i had no doubt in my mind as soon as i like i'm like chester's the guy like i know come and try out but i already know you're in the band (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I was that we, sure. we, we was gotta that sure. we gotta do it formally the formally yeah formalities <laughs> yes very important right so he's like yeah man you know we, we hung out that night and had great talks and he came and tried out like a week or two later and listened to it he's like yeah this is this is really great stuff i'm really excited i'm like sweet he likes the music that's good and uh from there we started writing some material and we went and recorded like a little demo thing just to hear us what we would sound like recorded you know with vocals and we were just like wow this is going to be something great so we just kept plugging away um spent uh all of 2018 and 19 writing and crafting these songs which we're about to release here uh next month and we're extremely happy with the outcome so um, it's exciting and you know what you've released so far has been has been really great really fun technical stuff and uh, it's i'm really looking forward to hearing the rest of the record when it comes out uh in in just a few weeks really uh you own it and um wondering if you can kind of describe for people who might not have heard you or seen you play live uh what some of the core elements are that at least in your mind defined the sound of the band sure yeah it's um we're all we're all death metal lovers you know we, we love technical death metal that kind of thing but uh if if i'm trying to like encompass our sound using some specific bands i would say we're a good mix of between the buried and me car bomb a little bit a little bit of dillinger escape plan a little bit of old school king diamond and old school metal and throw all those things in a blender and out comes us and then paul really infuses his uh flamenco style playing and some of our songs so that makes an appearance and uh that's an interesting addition yeah he's he's uh first and foremost a flamenco guitarist and Mm. uh but he's also he's he's a a guitar instructor he's been doing it for 20 plus years and uh he knows everything there is to know about (laughs) guitar and music theory for that matter but uh yeah, he's he loves metal and he loves flamenco, so it, it kind of works. They kind of go hand in hand. To well, some certainly the uh, the musicianship and the intricacy of right. the uh, of the guitar certainly lends itself uh, from flamenco for sure to what to, to your sound. And and I it seems as though I may have run across a video of you actually laying down some conga beats. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we is one of the song. Uh, the song's called Laurentian Divided, and we're releasing that as a single next Friday, March fifth, mm-hmm. um, as as like a precursor to the album, which is going to come out later in March. Wow! Um, and that's that song is a very 
our more progressive element comes out uh, in that side. So yeah, in the middle part, we do like a quiet, clean breakdown. And I'm like, this has got to have like tambourines and like <laughs> shakers and congas and stuff. Cause Paul goes off on his flamenco and it, it just worked oh. out. <laughs> so, uh, so should we encourage people when you guys start to play live again to bring their uh, maracas and their castanets Hell and so yeah. on? absolutely yes bring, bring all instruments we take all instruments that's fantastic well that i'm i'm really excited to hear that song because it's going to have a really different flavor um, yeah. from a lot of what you might call traditional uh death metal right yep well let's uh let's talk a little bit more in depth about the the album uh, talk about what your plans are for uh formats and stuff like that what's uh how can people buy it yep so we're uh we just wrapped up the uh, artwork and layout um, for a small run of uh, CDs that we're going to be doing. We're going to okay. do a very small limited run just to start out because as you know, like we're, nobody's playing shows or, mm -hmm. you know, and selling merch has become a bit of a hurdle for some bands, that kind of thing. So we, we want to start small and uh, practical and see where that goes. Um, eventually we like to at some point do a vinyl release but um right now it's just cds and then we're gonna post um high fidelity files on Bandcamp and sell it for download of both the uh um, full album as it is with vocals and then an instrumental version of it too so really that's yeah interesting. yep yep i i guess people dig that like and uh, to be honest with you there's some bands where it it would be super cool that i've heard actually like periphery's one that comes to mind their first album they did all instrumentally and it's like whoa this is so cool like yeah. you know you don't hear a lot of the stuff until you just have only instruments you know mm -hmm. and no vocals so yeah it sounds like i might have to upgrade my headphones for that experience yes yes <laughs> oh yeah and paul's paul's gonna do a ah uh, it's a specific type of mix and i cannot remember but there's one song he's gonna do where they're gonna do a uh it's it's like a full surround sound type mix you know where you have like 7.1 type wow mix happening and i can't that's that's not it specifically he told me specifically what it was but of course i can't remember but uh <laughs> we're gonna have like a limited one song special mix where it would be good to have either good headphones or a surround sound setup with you know yeah all, all the speakers so that's that sounds really a lot of fun um you you obviously you've got a, a strong visual presence too i mean the you're taking a look at your website it's just dominated by some really cool artwork you yep. your video that you posted uh for the very first track that that you released last month uh had an amazing video that went along yep. with it or uh, where does that visual uh, expression come from that's uh, that's our bassist Greg. He does all of our artwork right now. Uh, he's doing and he's doing it on his own volition, and uh, we love it. It matches exactly the uh, the vibe of the band. You know, like we're we're metal and stuff, but we're not like pointy. You know, pile of stick logo metal. You know, like yeah, <laughs> we, we got we want to bring out. <laughs> no, and there's nothing wrong with that. I love those bands. I absolutely yep. love you know, those type of bands with those logos and artwork, you know, yeah. but uh, this for this band, it's like, yeah, we're, we're more artistic and, um, you know, there's more of a prog element to it mm -hmm. for lack of better terms. So sure. Greg, yeah. Greg captures it beautifully, you know, yeah. I'm just like, all right, you know, <laughs> I mean, the first, the first thing I thought of was, you know, when I saw the band logo the very first time I thought, boy, that's a very art nouveau, you know, like French 19, 100s 1920s style art and it's really cool yeah thank you yeah that's it's kind of what you know he's he's a very he's he he's a very earthy um type of person he's very into like the earth and like mm -hmm. you know elements of you know just out the outside world essentially so mm -hmm. he a lot of that inspires him to you know create what he does you know it's very earthy if if you can kind of tell you know yeah absolutely. a lot of nature aspects yep. to it but and it really does, like you said, it does, it does lend itself very nicely to the progressive feel of, of the music. So it's a nice, a nice compliment. Right. Yes. What, uh, what's been the reaction to some of those new, new tracks that you've released to people? What have you been hearing from, from fans? Um, yeah, it's, it's all been really good. So we're very happy about that. Um, we've done a couple of ad campaigns on Facebook to really push it out to everybody 
in the world at large to, mm-hmm. you know, get it in front of, you know, people's faces that we have no idea who they are and mm-hmm. could be potential fans, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so we're, we've been doing that, but uh, yeah, these, these two have been really good. So we're, we're excited to keep, get the rest of it out. <laughs> that's, that's great. And, and what was the writing process like? I mean, it's, this has been a weird year, of course, but how, when did you start working on the album together and how did you manage it? Yeah, we, well, yeah, we started like officially writing and uh, well, you know, there's the coming together of the band and forming yeah. and all that process. So I, I would say like, we technically really started writing for the album in like summer of 2018. Okay. And then we kind of, and then we spent about a year and went and did pre-pro for the album in end of 2019. So we spent about a little over a year, year and a half writing and getting stuff like, right before pre-pro like yep we're happy with it went and did pre-pro listened to that for a month or two and got everything even more tighter and better and then we went into the studio march 6th of 2020 last year and laid down all the tracks um then we did went in and did overdubs throughout the year and that kind of thing and mm-hmm. had a show that following weekend on the 14th and as you know that was, that was the last that was, one pretty much yep it was it absolutely was so mm-hmm. Um, we just spent the majority of 2020, um, just, you know, taking chunks of completing the album. And, uh, we did the root of all evil, um, in studio performance. Mm -hmm. So we, we did still kind of, we, we stayed in touch, but you know, just like many bands, um, they just kind of kept in touch via social media or whatever, you know, we, but we also were moving studios too. So. Will, our guitarist, um, he opened up a brand new facility. Yeah, 1459. I can't wait to get over and see him. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the studio. And then the rehearsal spaces, like all of those together is called the space. So mm-hmm. we have a new, it's all brand new rehearsal spaces, new studio. It's 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 amazing. It's cool. just, he's he did a great job. So that must have yep. been a great place to work. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I'm so happy in this new place. It's just, it's phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm happy for Will too. You know? Yeah, definitely. As you, as you started writing the songs initially, how much of your uh, previous bands, um, you know, the collective work that you guys had done together in your, in your old bands, how much of that it was influencing your sound in, in Ysilic? Well, well, yeah. And that's, you know, in Legion, you know, Paul and Will were, uh, they're very different stylistically, but when mm-hmm. they would work together, they would work very well. Like they would complement each other's styles, that kind of thing. So um, w- when we were starting to write for the new Legion album, Paul had the two songs and then Will had his two songs. And mm-hmm. uh, we took those two songs that Paul wrote and used them for Isolik and reworked them um, to fit more of our style. And uh, mm-hmm. Paul always just had his style, you know, and we tried, you know, because there's two guitarists in Legion, you know, they took parts from each and sure. collaborated that way. This is all just Paul now, like, uh-huh. you know, and Greg really steps up and uh, provides that other guitar, but also being the bass at the same time, which there's just nothing beats an amazing bassist that's, you know, can do it all, you know? Yeah. So I, I have this, this sense of him as sort of a Lemmy type where he plays the bass almost as a lead guitar kind of experience yeah yep absolutely tons of pedals and yeah that's 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 really a lot of fun how do you how do you guys bring songs to life i mean is it a very sort of organic process among all of you or is one or two of the the guys sort of drive that how does the song yeah it's extremely organic between all four of us you know we'll usually start it well yeah we always start with like an idea Mm -hmm. and then that idea from when it initially starts to where it ends up is just all of our input and like trying different things. I mean, it can take us, you know, almost a month sometimes to write a song, you know, from Mm. inception to completion. So, Mm. but we, we do it with the intent of making it the best we possibly can and someplace where we're all happy with it. Like, yes, that kicks butt, you know, (laughs) that's, uh, that's really a fun, uh, a fun way to, to create, I gotta believe where you're all contributing stuff and a lot, you know, bouncing ideas off of one another. It's that's it. Yeah. That's all. That's what we do it for. I mean, you know, we're not making a living at this, so we want to, you know, put 
our, you know, our labor is, or our return on labor is getting our musical ideas out there and, mm-hmm. you know, f- make them come fruition and being like, yes, that is so awesome. Like, I love this. <laughs> like, you know, like that's worth it. You know, that's the payoff. Absolutely. Well, you, we've, we've sort of let people wait a long time. We've had a great mm-hmm. conversation so far, but I want to give them a sense of what the new album sounds like or what some of the sure. new songs are that haven't been released to the world yet. You sent me a copy of uh, Reptile Intelligence uh, earlier yep. this week, and I'd love to have you tee it up a little bit, talk about the the song, and then uh, we'll drop the needle on it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that song in, in particular. Um, so for this album, we have three different tunings. Um, excuse me, four different tunings. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot going on with, uh, different, uh, tunings and, uh, this one happens to be one of our B songs and, uh, it, it just, there's something about it. You know, we started off with that opening riff that's very rush like, and then it goes into this really just heavy kind of, you know, uh, th- like the European tech metal bands, like, uh, aliases and, um, th- that type of style. And then it kind of breaks down in the middle and it just it it goes all over the place you know and it's it's one of those songs where chester has that repeating you know they can see right through you lyric and it's just the way it hits is just so cool and a lot of the different transitional stuff is just like yeah i'm really really happy with that song so well let's uh let's let's get it on to into people's ears this is a reptile yeah. intelligence by yasilic sweet Pinning insects to us today Who is the 
Well, boy, Aaron, uh, when you gave us that little teaser before we played the song, you talked about how to, how it was kind of all over the place. And, you know, that's a great description. There's all kinds of adventure happening in that yeah. song. And, oh, yeah. and one of the things that I noticed, and I've, I've noticed this in, in, in some of your work with Plague of Stars and, and some of your other bands, that you really take advantage of the full kit throughout a song, not just for fills. You know, a lot of times people will just use the floor toms when it's, when it's time for a fill, but you're mm -hmm. really taking advantage of your full spectrum of, of equipment. How, how did you develop that style and, and how do you decide how and when to drop all those things in? Yeah, it's, you know, it, again, it took like, you know, a year, almost a year and a half to craft those songs. So mm -hmm. it's, it was just a lot of spending time with them and not rushing anything and just, you know, letting the ideas come out and trial and error on different parts. But I would say a lot of the things that influence me are of the other drummers, all of my, like I could pick out from every song that I write is like, I'll go, that's the Dan copy part, or that's the Tom tier part, or that's, Tony Lent part or that's the Jen Dean part or something, you know, or Blake mm -hmm. Richardson. I, I, I feel like I'm just taking my influences and regurgitating them. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much what I do, you know? <laughs> well, it's in it. And, and you've yet, you seem to have built it into a really unique, a unique style. And, and it's fun for me to hear, especially some of those lower, you know, like the floor Tom notes that really accentuate the bottom end of the song. Yeah. More so than just a snare kick and hi-hat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I try to be as musical as possible um, with the way we write and that kind of thing, because those guys are writing very musical stuff too. You know, a lot of odd time signatures and different codas and phrases. And uh, I just try to take advantage of all of, like you said, all of my drums in a tasteful way that sounds like it's, you know, organized and it has, you know, ostinato to it. And it's just well thought out. All of my favorite drummers are like that. You know, you just, you listen to their drumming and go, gosh, like there's so much thought behind that. And it just, you know, it makes sense. They're not just going willy nilly playing fills, you know, directionless so yeah that's... it's it's an interesting uh comment that you made and, I, and it made me reflect on the first time i ever saw neil Peart play oh. a drum solo live yep and you know it was like he was composing classical mm -hmm. music it was yep. just spellbinding yeah he's absolutely he's he's the best compositional drummer um that i like hands down at least in my lifetime you know what i mean like yeah. he the way he composes things are very well thought out and there isn't anything that's really improvised so to speak and mm -hmm. uh it's just yeah neil's was the best compositional drummer yeah in my I, lifetime <laughs> yeah I, I feel really fortunate i only only had the chance to see rush play live twice i'm kicking oh, myself wow. that i did not go to their last tour and i'm still regretting that but you know we all make oh. bad choices in life <laughs> right <laughs> well you got to see him twice man that's yeah, awesome it is that's, that's yeah. great yeah um well i i, I want to dig into your sound a little bit more too and and i guess maybe a way for us to to do that would be to have you describe kind of what you feel like is your sound i mean how would you describe your sound yeah absolutely um i, I really like uh tech technical type playing um I try to do a lot of like ostinatos or repeating patterns using different voices or drums, I guess, on the mm -hmm. kit. And I like, I'm very ambidextrous. Um, so I use both of my limbs as, as equal, or at least I try to. My left mm -hmm. is, my left side's kind of, you know, <laughs> but, uh, I, and, you know, I try to play with some fluidity and taste, um, and I know when to dial it back to mm -hmm. like, I like to be technical, but I know when it's like, Hey, it's time to sit in a groove and mm -hmm. let, let the music really just flow out and mm -hmm. let the, the vibe be caught, so to speak. And yeah. uh, so I, I think it's, I'm just a, a technical, I've, I've balanced technical playing with groove oriented drumming, mm -hmm. I guess would be the best way to describe it. <laughs> How, you know, with so many projects that you're involved with and have been involved with over the years, uh, do you feel like you bring a very consistent sound 
to each of the, the projects that you're involved in, or do you uh, try to be more adaptable to fit the specific style of the, of the band? Yeah, I, I think I, that's my intention, you know, because like from Chalice of Suffering to Islick, it's, you know, worlds of difference, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, so I always put myself, and I'm a huge fan of every style. So I've always tried to, you know, of any style that I would be attempting to play, I would put myself in that head spot or mm -hmm. headspace. And uh, so I, I do put myself there with whatever fits the style. But like when I listen back to it, I'm like, yeah, that sounds like me. <laughs> like you just you just know when it sounds like you, you know what I mean? Yep. So we all have our, you know, like Paul has his, um, you know, his sensibilities where you're like, yep, that's a Paul part. And you could just... Mm -hmm. You could hear him in another room with the door closed and just know it's Paul. And same with Greg and Chester. They're all very unique individuals. Um, so I, I, I try to yeah, try to do the best with it as you can with many different sure. projects. You know what I mean? So well, and that's you know, it's got to add to the fun too when you when you each bring that uniqueness together and, and yep. fit it into a vibe that that really creates that unique sound. That's pretty pretty cool. Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of it comes from, you know, the people that you play with, you know, and, and every one of my bands, like I play with people that I've known for years and decades, and I've always felt like they were unique and had something to offer. Mm -hmm. And we just always bonded that way. So it, I'm, I'm just a product of what they write as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it just fits very well yeah the chemistry so yeah that's a fun a fun thing to to feel i'm sure yeah as part of yep. the band so absolutely uh what is your gear setup like what uh what's your system well currently um i, I use many different configurations um but right now my my main uh kit is actually my uh dear friend adam sagan who passed away in 2016 from cancer mm. um his uh his family gifted me his drum set and he wow. had a, a Yamaha stage custom nouveau series, um, kit, double bass, three rack toms, floor tom, like, wow. Seven piece. Yeah. Um, and so I had this and he, you know, he had like eight cymbals and two hi hats. So it was, it was a pretty big kit. Right. And yeah. I haven't played one of those since high school, you know? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> so currently I have that right now. I have three rack toms, 10, 12 and uh 13 and a 16 floor tom I, I there's two kicks with the kit but i'm only currently playing a single kick configuration hmm. um and then i have 17 16 18 inch crashes uh 18 inch china two hats 113 114 uh assortment of splash symbols 8 10 and 10 and uh an ice bell <laughs> cool to, to add the little things <laughs> yeah <laughs> you gotta have the right tool for the job yeah right i mean that's usually that's the sign of a progressive or technical drummers they have mm -hmm. more stuff to hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah you have to like move more. stuff to get in right <laughs> right exactly yeah you have to be kind of dropped down into the kit like terry Bazio or something <laughs> right exactly <laughs> You know, I, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, because a lot of times guitarists will say, oh, I've got a legacy thing. I can't wait to get this 59 Les Paul yep. custom or whatever. And, you know, I'm sure you've got pieces that are on kind of a, a wish list for yourself. But you oh, know, yeah. the, the oh, idea yeah. that you're able to play your friend's kit, yep. that's got to feel really special. It's, it's honestly, I and this is no joke. Every time I play that kit, like I feel like his spirit's like, you know, there with me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it is, it's extremely special and I'm just, I'm beyond blessed to be able to play it, you know, and yeah. continue his legacy because he was an amazing drummer. He was a force mm -hmm. of life, you know, and, uh, I'm just glad to be continuing it on, you yeah. know? Yeah. Hard to top that even with some of the most spectacular gear that might be available. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So it's, but yeah, like you said, I mean, there's definitely, you know, and having, you know, three kids is uh doesn't allow for extra you know fun money for me to yep. buy stuff but uh i'm getting to that point now where there's a little more flexibility with that and i'm going to be purchasing some stuff and nice yeah yeah upgrade <laughs> <laughs> well i've i've heard that we might actually be able to see 
you guys and see your kit and see your the band with some live studio performances coming up. Is that, am I reading the tea leaves correctly? Yep, there's uh, definitely one for Plague of Stars. Yep, we have a, a date booked for that. So cool. there, there will be um, a, a sighting of that. And then it's like we're currently discussing when we want to do that. And because, okay. uh, I mean, literally we're a room away. You know, we just have mm-hmm. to, you know, not a big uh big move or anything and uh will does will and uh dave rubin do an amazing job at those like they sound amazing and dave rubin's just a genius when it comes to photography videography i've seen a couple of them that they've done uh early and and they're they're really great the krog one that just came out is really good yeah it, it is i was you know like wow this i can't believe this is live it's pretty crazy how good it is but uh yeah so yeah, excited to do that. And it's a great bargain. Will really just, you know, wants to get people to start playing again or mm-hmm. be creative in a, in our different landscape now. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, he's, he's just very um, intuitive when it comes to that stuff. So I want yeah. to support him with that. It's, it's a really great way, you know, I mean, as fans, obviously we're just dying for opportunities to see our favorite bands play live again. And it's, you know, really the next best thing is to see mm-hmm. something like what, what they're producing. And uh, so I'm glad to hear that you guys are, are on the schedule for doing some of that. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It's we're excited. So, cool. well, let's, uh, you know, literally shift gears uh, to <laughs> your other, your, your solo project, make alias. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the people who haven't seen the video that you recently dropped, uh, describe the project. Um, yeah, so this, um, I started this back in actually 2006. Mm. Um, so I've been doing it. I actually have a full album before the one that I released last year, um, that I had written in a very early archaic version of, uh, Fruity Loops at the time. <laughs> it was, it was like a pirated version and, uh, it, while it was cool and it helped me learn how to compose and use, you know, step sequencing and, you know, mixing and that kind of thing. Um, I wrote like eight or nine songs for it. And, uh, and, you know, I didn't, I I wanted to kind of continue it, but I just kind of lost track of it. So fast forward, like seven years later, um, I finally bought like a legit um, version of FL studio. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to start writing again for make alias. I'm going to bring this to life and things are different now. Back then it was, I had a MySpace page. Oh, wow. You know, (laughs) online presence was just starting to bloom, so to speak, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm like, well, there's more of a platform for something like that's just a solo composer of electronic based music, you know, so I'm like, all right, let's give this a whirl. And I started writing in 2019 and I wrapped up uh, mid 2020 mid of last year like in the mm-hmm. summer somewhere i wrapped up and uh that that's what came out and wow. uh yeah so it's, it's a huge departure from everything else that you really have focused your attention on what uh what is the itch that electronic music scratches for you i've i've always been a fan you know again my first actual real original band uh called the black umbrella cult back in 96 we started uh you know, we were all fans of like Nine Inch Nails and Ministry mm-hmm. and Sheryl sure. Manson. And yeah, um, so we used everything. It was an industrial based metal band. And, uh, you know, I've always, you know, our guitarist at the time, he composed and did all this stuff. And it was on a Roland XP80 keyboard. So wow. and we had like physical hardware, you know, samplers, mm-hmm. um, time keep, you know, time pieces, um, MIDI, um, junction boxes like it wasn't just a laptop it's so yeah. much significantly easier now but uh I, it always enticed me to just be that type of a composer where you're you know hear these electronic sounds and you know obviously real instruments too um sure. and kind of create this atmosphere you know and um so i've always been a fan of electronic music you know yeah What's the, what's the writing process like for not just being a solo project, but for writing this style of music as opposed to uh, your more in-person live instrumentation? It's, uh, they're both, the, the thing, the thing in common is when, when you write a song and you're starting from scratch, like you, you always, you want to be at the end already. You want to have the finished product. <laughs> so you're, 
it's like you're looking up a mountain and going, okay, uh, this is going to suck, but I have to do it because I know what's <laughs> on top of the mountain is going to be worth going through all the writing and the tedious, you know, part of it, that kind of thing. And uh, so it's, it's very intensive, you know, um, I know there are some artists that can put together a catchy song, you know, within an hour or two, but it, it takes me a couple weeks of, and that's going an hour or two here and there, you know, each day or something mm-hmm. like that. Just, you have to go through all these sounds and you, ideas really fl- like start to build as I'm going. Like I have kind of like a high level preconceived notion of what I'd want to write, but half the time it changes, you know, <laughs> constantly, you know, so it's, yeah, it's, I love it, but at the same time, it's like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> it's It sounds like, though, that you've you've taken sort of a structured approach to it, to sort of grinding it out. I mean, not grinding it out, but, you know, it seems like you've taken a pretty structured approach to working the problem, so to speak. Right, yeah. And, and that being, um, this is just how I work, and other people work differently. Um, my, I'm like, okay, I'm going to spend an hour or two when I'm writing, mm-hmm. you know, um that's my goal just spend an hour or two on it and then leave it mm-hmm. unless you're really inspired and the feelings there and you're just vibing on it go for it but i try to like at least dedicate an hour to each session that i write and just mm-hmm. if that ends up being one beat or one arpeggiated sequence it's something you know <laughs> yeah you've um, got something on tape so to speak right Right. Yeah. Cause yep. there's all the, you're doing it all yourself. There's the mixing elements and there's, I, I don't know if you've ever worked with a, um, a synth software, uh, package, but all the plugins, it's so daunting. Like yeah. it's almost endless, you know, and I want to hear everything. <laughs> yeah. And then where do you stop? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I, I know. And sometimes when I look back and listen, or when I hear back to some of the songs, I'm like, how did that happen? Like, it almost kind of frightens me. Like, I don't, I don't remember any of that. Like it just, yeah. that's the way it came out. And I have no idea. It's like driving, driving at night with the lights. Out. I was like, I don't really remember how I got here, but. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, you feel like you're, it's either inspirate divine inspiration or it's <laughs> autopilot. I, I don't know. <laughs> you know. Where, where do you, where do you look for, for inspiration for this kind of music? I mean, you talked about some of your early influences, but you know, as you sit down and you're saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bang out, uh, a song here for this project where do you find those sources of inspiration today uh you know there's new artists that are up and coming that I, that i'll discover like i just really discovered churches and uh mm-hmm. they're like uh an electronic pop band from scotland mm-hmm. and uh i just started getting into them about a few weeks ago and i was like oh my gosh this is amazing it's like if dashboard confessional was like a electronic band like mm. they have a very yeah. raw emotional vocalist yeah. and like they're the synths and stuff they write are so catchy but they're not poppy like the stuff you would normally hear mm-hmm. on the radio i don't know how to describe that and i try i try to take those elements of like creating like a, a hook or a catch but not having it sound like okay it's a watered down night you know 101.3 type song sure. or whatever you know yeah. so it's uh, that's kind of where the inspiration comes from is new and different you know things or i just may be in the mood to write something and i mm-hmm. an idea pops in but i try to stick with the inspiration but also you gotta put effort into it sometimes when you don't really feel like it you know mm-hmm. um that's one thing that i've learned is like hey like don't always just go on feeling because it could take years, you know, to, to come up with something. So sometimes you just got to sit down and spend an hour. And like I said, if you only come up with one little thing, then something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, uh, you've, you've released chain reaction as a yep. video uh, so far, relatively recently. Um, I'm curious to know how that song came together and, uh, also the video, the video is pretty spectacular too. So talk, talk oh, us thank through, you. you know, how that song came to life. Yeah, that's, it start. I mean, most of my stuff starts off with, you know, me re- composing like a drum beat and like starting uh-huh. to get ideas. And a lot of it's really just tinkering. And then, you know, as you tinker, you start to get more inspired and you start to just subconsciously do stuff. Um, that it started out with that kind of industrial beat and I started to build the melodies around it and kind of had an idea of like how I wanted it to 
like here's where it'll change this part and here's what it'll do um and another thing about my songs is i try to write where there it sounds like a song like you know what i mean like there could be vocals even um yeah. there could be other live instruments you know um eventually i might get to that point um uh-huh. <laughs> but uh the video uh i just you know i've always wanted to do something with video and i've always felt like gosh i don't like writing music with a synth software thing is daunting enough. Like, how am I going to learn video editing software, you know, and do it proficiently? Like, but so one day I just started searching online video creators and like, what's the best video creator for free? Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I've, I researched and found this one and I'm like, okay, I'll try it out. And honestly, I put together that video and like it wasn't that much effort. I almost feel kind of like cheap because it was so easy. It really was. It was just you pick out a mood and some themes and some clips and it it does all the work for you. <laughs> so that's yeah. that's great. I mean, we've got tools like that at your disposal. Uh, you might as well use them. And it does it's a nice compliment to the music. I mean, it really is a fun oh, thank you. Uh, visual yeah. component. Uh, yeah. What are your plans in terms of uh, an album? I mean, what's the what's the next set of stuff that's going to be coming from Make Alias? Yep. So I I did um, put out the the album, I guess, for lack of a better term, I guess I'll call it the album um, uh, in June of two, of twenty twenty last year. So mm-hmm. um, I just I added. There's two other songs that I wrote after I released that album. One may become a Plague Stars album or a song. Um, mm. we're, we're, we might be working on it that way. Not sure yet, but hopefully that happens. If not, no big deal. I could still use it for make alias. And I, I just, I put up my Bandcamp link on that post that I put and I launched my actual Facebook page after my good buddy, Justin bone, who's uh, the basis for Simothoa, also an artist. Uh, we collaborated on the artwork. He did all the artwork. I absolutely love it. And that really inspired me to go, all right, now I got to start getting this out here. And that spun up the whole, the video thing. It just was like, all right, I'm going to, it's funny what artwork can do to really inspire somebody, Yeah. you know? Um, So that right now, I just, I got the album out. I'm going to do some more stuff. I may do some ad campaigns with Facebook to get more fans and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But um, it's always going to be a fun project. Um, if it's lucrative at all, that's cool, but that's not the plan. Um, I'll write more music and eventually I'd like to add vocals and some other instrument, live instrumentation, that kind of thing. So just grow and see where it goes, you know? Yeah. What, uh, <laughs> um, you, you get, you've given me a, one a song to play as well. Play, uh, it's a waves of crush yep. is the name of this, the song that we're going to get to in just a minute. Can you kind of give us the, the backstory on that song? Yeah, so that one actually, I when I started writing in 2019, I actually took a break um, in August. I was going to be like, well, I'll just let it sit for. I'd written like two or three songs from like May of 2019 to August of 2019, and like I'll just take a break. Well, that break turned into like a five six month break, <laughs> right? And then the uh, the pandemic hit. And we were, I went from working in my office to back to working from home. Mm-hmm. So I was working at home. My kids were at home. They were doing homeschooling. Um, and I just, you know, my office essentially was because I really didn't have a desk in my room. So my kitchen table was my, uh, my office mm-hmm. and I had a big enough space to where I could have my <laughs> work laptop and my, my fun music making laptop sit next to each other. Nice. So this song in particular, I started writing it um, during the first week of the pandemic uh, of lockdown and all that stuff. And wow. that really just inspired me. I'm like, I, that one, I really stuck through very, like, I was very uh, focused and organized on that one. It only took me like two weeks from start to finish to get it to where I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. Nice. You know, so it was a quarantine-based song that really inspired it. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's listen to the fruits of COVID. This is "Waves of Crush" by Make Alias. Awesome.
Aaron, uh, you know, one of the things I noticed as I, I listened to that and as I listened to uh, Chain Reaction um, on YouTube the other day, uh, it strikes me that you've got a much more wide palette of percussion instrumentation than a lot of trance music typically has. And, yeah. and I'm sort of curious to know if you bring your drummer's instinct to this at the forefront, or is this kind of just a natural way? I mean, is it something that you were in, intention about, intentional about? Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, it's I'm I'm very rhythmic, obviously, uh, being mm -hmm. a drummer, and uh, it doing writing songs like this, um, you know, in a digital sense, and having these, you know, sounds that you can utilize, you know, at the click of a mouse. Um, I I always hear different like you know, all these different sounds and like, why don't, why don't I just throw them together and see what I can come up with? So I'll spend like almost an hour on a, a four section beat, you know, and adding in different, like these random hits and sounds and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it's primarily percuss percussive based. And then I create the melodies on top of that. So everything there is like straight up created like you know i might use an arpeggiator to start like a melodic sequence mm -hmm. but i'll go into like the piano roll and make edits and make the actual melody mine you know mm -hmm. that kind of thing so sure. it's and then there's the other element of mixing and you know setting levels and doing automation uh there's yeah it just there's so many ways you could do this when you're writing all of the music yourself you know what i mean it really yeah you know makes you become a better musician i guess mm -hmm. so to speak you know all yeah. around an engineer so so it, you know as you think about this in the context of your other other music first of all how do you find time to do all this stuff <laughs> right yeah it's i mean honestly it's you know the days that i don't have my kids um i you know i try to just stay at home and uh utilize like i said like an hour here mm -hmm. and it's not like every day of the week it's you know a couple days of the week hour here yeah. hour there yeah um it just it just takes time to come together you know and uh can't rush it and won't rush it and you just you find the time that you have you know and that's that's pretty much it yeah. as you as you look down the road what is what does success for make alias feel like does it uh live performance at some point is it getting you know, dropped in at clubs what's the you know what what do you think the the vision is long -term? i would yeah that's yeah i would love to eventually you know do something live with this performance wise that would be great um that might be a little bit further down the road be, you know trying to figure out how it would all work that kind of thing mm -hmm. um but uh you know you, the overall vision is to just continue to write good music and then you know eventually bring in some other instrumentation live uh or otherwise um maybe have some vocals maybe have some collaborators collaborators is something i really want to do because i love working with people I'm very inspired by other people um and just you know i'm going to take it one step at a time if people dig it and i'm getting good response then i'm going to keep doing it you know and that's that's the goal Fun. keep releasing music <laughs> yeah. it's you know it's i gotta believe it's inspiring and and when you can have as many creative outlets as as you do i mean it's mm. it's almost an embarrassment of riches right yeah right it, it is <laughs> so that's a good way to put it <laughs> well aaron it's been really really fun to to talk more with you about all the things that you've been working on and i'm really excited about all the new music that's coming out um where do we where do we send people to learn more about what you're involved in and and how do they stay in touch with you sure thank you jason yes and thank you again for having me on it's been a blast talking to you man enjoyed it thoroughly so um you know we're, we're on the facebook's you know that's primarily where you'll find you can type in isilic y-s-i-l-i-k um and we will come up uh we also have a website uh isilic uh shoot i can't remember if it was band or mn darn it ah <laughs> fail fail book wow. stand by isilic yeah. I, I think it's isilic it. mn uh you know it's coming up right now is the uh band camp okay the, we have a band camp we're on band camp as well yeah. um we have our site uh 
deep linked into our Facebook, our actual legit website, deep linked yeah. into our Facebook. So I just, you know, both Bandcamp for Make Alias and Islick, uh, both Facebook for both bands. Um, we also have an Instagram for Islick. Um, so primarily that's where you'll find us just like you would most everybody else. We also are on all streaming services. Um, Islick, that is. We're on all stream, major streaming platforms um, right now. And when our album comes out, um, that will be fully available on all streaming platforms as well. So, fantastic. Well, we'll uh, we've got our Bandcamp uh, links list up on the the show website, so we'll make sure to Sweet. send people there from uh, from the website as well, so that they can uh, contribute to your uh, your projects. Awesome, Aaron. This has been a ton of fun. Thanks. Thanks again yes. for coming on the show. Yes, Jason, thank you again for having me. Much appreciated.